Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that tries to put those two things up against each other, Netflix vs. Cinema. Where are you going to spend your money? The way we do this is that we go watch films in cinema, watch films in Netflix, rate them out of five, take an average, and we see who has won this week. My name is Tosin and I am your host, based somewhere up in the Midlands, where apparently we do not get any good films. And uh, joining me on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Oh, Yeah. Yes, so yeah, I was just sort of like having a bit of a whinge because there seems to be all these films that you're getting like, okay, on this, anyone who's listened to this podcast has listened to us and we've moaned about how the Isle of Wight doesn't get some good films and so Sean has to get on a ferry, go across the water, go over to Bournemouth into a student town and get to see all these films. But now I'm beginning to think that I've got an even worse end of the stick than the island because there's some films that I feel like are showing on the island that I'm not even getting anywhere in the mid, well, not in the middle, but in Coven- near Coventry. I don't like this. I, th- guys, oh. <laughs> I, th- I think we might live in some bad areas if we're going to be trying to do a film podcast. Well, you'll have, you'll have to look around. You'll have to. You might have to go a little bit further afield. To those. Um, you, you mean okay? So I've paid for an audio and limitless card. I have an audio and limitless card. You're trying to tell me that after I've paid for that, I might have to go to another cinema oh. and pay oh, mate, money mate. for a ticket <laughs> to see a film. That, How many screens are at your? How many screens are at your plan. local? <laughs> the, uh, my local cinema there's eight screens oh wow well they should shouldn't they really well, the trouble eight... is with these the trouble is with the big movies is they put them on all the screens don't but they? you were saying to earlier that you get a lot of the Hindi movies and you get a lot of the um, non-English speaking lang- language films well no, only because the... if you've got like a the community there well, um, it's, which it... we haven't really represented here so we don't get any of those so I was thinking the other day if you want to watch a foreign language film, you are you are you haven't you cannot watch them at the cinema. <laughs> they have. I, t- I tell you what, in Bournemouth, which would be great, that they, they always seem to have a Polish film, and they have a Bollywood film, and yeah. they have they got a lot of Polish films. Like so, because I've often tempted to go and watch them, but I never really. They've been at odd times, so but they have a lot of Polish films at the Bournemouth cinema. Well, Mind you, they've got they've got like five studio screens and about 12 big screens so, so yeah i mean the studio screens are great because that's where i go and see but most of the films that i go to see which we don't get on the island yep. are in the in the in the uh yeah the little ones the little ones you know studio, they call them studios but they're really they're, they're pretty nice yeah I, I think we we actually what we have over here is okay so we have the coventry because there's two audience close to me there's the there's the coventry and there's the neaton one and the Nuneaton one is going through a bit of a re- refurb at the moment where they're ripping out, they ripped out, so they, they, there's eight screens. They closed four of the screens, ripped out everything, and they made them like nice recliner things. And then they've closed off the other half and they're ripping out everything and making those nice recliner things so that it's going to become an Odeon Lux, whatever that means. But so, so, so it means that at the moment, the film choice is is massively massively sort of like lowered and i think it's going to be even Limited, worse yeah. next week when star wars comes out because that's just going to take over the entire cinema let's yeah <laughs> let's be honest it's good so so i found myself recently having to go into um into coventry because it's a it's either a five minute drive or a 20 minute drive and i've had to find myself having to go into coventry to actually go and watch a film and then sometimes they just don't have some of the smaller films there. Like, I think the Showcase Cinema, because I know, Sean, you were asking me about a film called Loose, 
which was released. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which I, n- I did not get to watch because as I was saying, I've already paid for my Odeon Limitless card. I don't see why I should have to go pay more money to watch a film. No, no, it's fair enough. Yeah, although, to be honest with you, I've got to be honest, I haven't had a Cineworld, a Cineworld Unlimited card and an Odeon Limitless card. I prefer the Cineworld card. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. You get more money for your... Well, they cost cost exactly the same, but Cineworld does seem to get more films. I mean, I know that there was the whole Hateful Eight thing a couple of years back, but Cineworld, Mm. it does seem to get more films than Odeon does. And also, they, you know, when you're doing your uh, Meerkat movies two for one? Yeah. Yeah. You can go with with the Cineworld Unlimited card, do Meerkat movies, get two for one, and you get essentially two tickets because the the ticket that you get. Yeah, they both count. Yeah, Yeah. they both count. You can't do that in Odeon. Oh, that's a bit cheeky. Yeah, you can't do that in Odeon. And so much so that my, that Claudia, my wife, has stopped watching films with me in the cinema because I have an Odeon Limitless card. They won't let us use the makeup movies thing. And also, if you go watch a film, they have a, block bust, a blockbuster charge. So if you're watching a blockbuster, like a film that they expect to be big, it actually costs more in the first three weeks of it being released. Oh my god, really? Really? So that disincentivizes you from actually going with and your membership card. Exactly. Uh, the, the, the thing is, uh, with your membership card, it, it doesn't make, make any difference. But if I go, like when we went to see Lion King, we went to see it on the first weekend it was released. And she went to the student card, she got the ticket, and she was like, why, does the, why did they charge me like 6 25 when it says up there it's supposed to be like 5 quid? I went to ask them, oh, it's because it's a new film. I was like, what? Is that, yeah, it's because it's a new film. And I actually went, and, and I had a bit of a, I had a bit of a spat with them on Twitter. I was like, "What the hell?" And apparently, that is the Odeon policy that if it's a blockbuster film or film that I expect to be big, it costs more in the first couple of weeks than it does later on. So there's just a whole bunch of things. I'm looking at them, going, "Oh, for goodness sake! I don't want to be here. I really don't." Oh, <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't get one because they got a massive Odeon in Bournemouth, brand new one, but. And they, they uh, did have the card then. I thought, oh, should I get that for when I come over? But if that's what it is, I'm going to bother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I've been, a mem- I've been a member of Cineworld since 08, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I broke my Cineworld membership when I moved up here. And I thought because the closest Odeon is further away, that's in Hinkley. And that's about half an hour drive. And so I oh thought, my God. yeah. So I, I just thought that nah, nah, I'll just, but now I'm beginning to think, you know what? Maybe maybe it's worth it. Maybe the extra half hour drive is worth it. But anyway, <laughs> okay. Enough about what films we don't get and what films we don't. But this week we had quite an interesting thing happen, which is somebody got in touch with us on our Facebook page, and this is a, a lady called Alicia Pilkington, who is and okay, I haven't told you guys about this, but I'll just read to you what she said, and then uh-huh. yeah, we'll have it. So she says, "Hi, I'm a student journalist at Goldsmiths University of London, working on a piece about Netflix releasing their films in cinemas." I was hoping I could get a comment from from you since this issue obviously plays right into the foundation of your podcast. I'd only need a sentence or two just talking about how you think releasing the films in cinemas changes the experience and whether it's worth it for the audience. Thank you so much for your time, Alicia Pilkington. Oh, wow. Wow. Yes, yes. It's pretty good, huh? Yeah, and so she got in touch with us yesterday and I I wanted to sort of like uh, let us discuss it on the show and then just give her the recording and be like, yeah, this is what we thought. Unfortunately, her deadline was 3 p.m. yesterday. Oh, no. Her deadline was was 3 p.m. yesterday. So so I wrote some stuff because I think this is the kind of thing we've spoken about before on the podcast. I wrote some stuff and I sent it through which, because I know we have slightly differing views. 
uh, and I sent it through to her anyway. But I thought, let's have at it anyway. A quick thing before we get onto the films we're going to discuss this week. How about it? What do you guys think? Do you think that Netflix, so Netflix gets a movie and it's a Netflix original? And, um, well, uh, okay, further on, I asked her to clarify to say it's like when she says changes in the experience, does she mean changes the cinema watching experience or changes the Netflix watching experience? And she says, changes the movie watching experience. As some directors have criticized Netflix originals as being TV movies, in inverted commas. So it's about whether it's kind of about whether they seem out of place in theaters or if being in theaters itself elevates the movie. So what do you guys think? Well, I think you've got like this two tier system, haven't you? Almost. It reminds me in the eighties you had um, cinema releases, then you had director video, and it yes. was like a new phenomenon because before the eighties there was no such thing as director video. Everything was a cinema release, or it was made for television. Yeah. And so now we've got this whole where it's made with cinematic values. Yes. But the platform it's intended for is basically a small screen. Yeah. But it is made with cinematic values. Yeah. So you've they've got the budget and they've got the cast and they've got the skills to make it as high production as you you want. So in terms of the quality, years gone by, you could don't you you put a video in and you knew immediately this was a direct video video because <laughs> everything about it was cheap. <laughs> Be kind, rewind. Yeah. 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 yeah, Have you seen but that, Toast? I think. Oh, no, I never saw that. Never saw that. It's a good film. Yeah, but I think film. that has blurred the edges definitely a little bit because you know you're getting these films that are packaged for a television platform effectively, but they have really high production values. And some of them, I think, this would have been quite good to see in a cinema, but it wasn't released in cinema. I was thinking of the one of um, The King, you know, the one about Agincourt. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would have been a really good cinematic experience because the, the battle scenes, they put the time into them and they made them look really good. But I only saw them on my television and sometimes I only see them on like my tablet. Yeah. So you do lose something, I think, in the translation from the cinematic values that they made it in to your experience of watching it on a small screen. I, so I think, yeah, there is definitely an impact there on yeah. on how we experience these uh, films. I think you'd appreciate them more. I would appreciate them more if they had a... A big screen. screen. Yeah, I think what it is, but I mean, like, lots of people, if they've if you've got loads and loads of money, you can practically, with some of the TVs that now, they're like, you know, they've got these curved TV screens. I yeah. should imagine that some of them... But, but it's going to cost you a load of money. People you know do I mean? have, have cinema that. setups, but it's yeah. never the same. It's not the same, no, because you've still got that, you've still got that, oh, oh why don't we have a cup of tea? Yeah. You know, oh, <laughs> pause, pause it here, pause yeah. it here, I want to go to the loop. And yeah. that is handy in some yeah. senses, you know. Well, but the phone's ringing, I better stop this and not listen to it. Yeah, you don't have that immersive experience. No, you don't have that. And I think it's right. that immersion in the experience of watching it and letting that take over. And then the world recedes and you're just, you're yeah. just in the moment of watching the film. I, I think it... you don't get that anywhere other than the cinema. No, and I have to be honest that sometimes sometimes when I've like haven't felt like going out or something and then I thought yeah well I will go and see a movie I've really really enjoyed it yeah and I've especially I know this sounds really bad I, I prefer it when there's not a lot of people yes. I know I, I really prefer when there's not a lot of people not a lot not a lot of rust well, you've got no distractions and I mean a couple of the movies it sort of takes me really really takes me back to when I used to go when I was I was really young and, and in my teens and in my 20s and I just think especially with some movies and, yeah. I, and I really do enjoy the experience much more than... Actually, like, I remember some of the films I've seen on my own in the cinema or when there's only been like two people two or three in the cinema. People, yeah. I have a much more vivid experience of those films than some of yeah. the ones where I've been when it's been packed. Yeah, yeah. It, and because it's, 
you do get like a personal it's a personal That's screening it. almost I, I totally agree you know you, you you are immersed you know you are concentrating whereas if you watch something at home but you're yeah, not concentrating why, quite so much yeah but that's why cinema hasn't well, died well, it? I, think, I think it's it's, 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 it's the fact that when you're watching something at home you can I think Sean you, you, you hit the nail on the head is that you can pause it and it's like you can pause it you can rewind you can be like oh what was that line I didn't hear it I wasn't paying attention go back yeah, yeah. and you can't do that in the cinema I mean, it used to be that you could do this. It was the same thing when you're watching something on TV, but now you can pause live TV. So, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, so, so I, I think I agree with you guys that it's, it's, it's different when you're in the cinema because you have to give yourself over to the film and to whatever it is the filmmaker is trying to say, um, however deep or maybe banal it might be. It's like you have to give yourself over to that because it's it's like okay cool what's it martin scorsese and watching the irishman in the cinema you've got me for th- for three and a half hours i need that's it <laughs> i need to sit down but and, <laughs> and in the, re- the well, report- I'm, I'm, I'm i'm amazed with that that how many people have said they've watched it in parts yeah <laughs> what, but, amazed amazed make people yeah i've watched that i've watched that in three parts or whatever well, you know you see now this is the thing but when I, I i said this to alicia when she went in the in the response that i sent through to her i mentioned the fact that the that two of us had gone to see the irishman recently and um a to be first of all if netflix had not put up the money for it that film would never have been made so there, no. no studio would have put up the money to make the irishman so first, so first of all, if you're saying, okay, it's got to be in the cinema, go and be in the cinema, that film would never be made. We would never have seen it. And um, number two, I was like, because the film's almost four hours long, depending on start times, we've complained about how with even small, shorter films, start times have messed it up and we haven't seen these films because the start times didn't work out. So by the time you looked at the start time or something like The Irishman and you'd actually gone, okay, I've got to put it in there. You thought about the four hours I was going to take out of your time, make it five by the time you've actually added on trailers and all that nonsense um like by the time you put that on you think i'm thinking that if this was in cinema it's likely that we would not have seen the the irishman quite frankly well i don't know i mean years ago they used to have when i when i was really young and i'm sure you 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 were the same sharon Mm -hmm. is they would have an intermission in the film yeah they would actually have an i mean films i remember seriously remember and was Lawrence of Arabia, massive, massive screen. I must yeah, have seen it in a film, long film. They had an intermission. And you can actually see Battle of the Bulge. Remember that Battle of the Bulge? Ben-Hur. A bit tired now, Ben Hur. They all had an intermission. And my, the, the my fair lady had that, an intermission. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I mean, and they used to have like at the start of the film, they would have like the whole uh, like refrain of the movie, and it was like West Side Story, all of those. They would have they would play the whole yeah. music for about five minutes before the film actually started itself yeah and then you'd have the break and they'd have this big screen and the, the usher would come down with the ice creams in the little tray or you could go out to the foyer and then you we've come... become a less patient society though haven't I we we're we not have. prepared to wait or prepared to put the time in we want to have it at our convenience That's it. and in our terms so you can see how netflix exists because it's it's necessary because yeah. we live in a society where people don't have the patience to say oh there's only one showing today i'll make that I'll, I'll rearrange my day so i can make that screening yeah. and they say no i'm gonna watch it when i want i was i was a member of a film called the wild geese and i think we did it on one of our other yeah. shows I don't yeah, yeah. there was an interview in that it's the bit where they jump out the plane it goes duh, 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 duh. and i remember the break being in that just as they sort of so they got like, all the training and it's like yeah. duh, 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 and then it comes up intermission there's an intermission in Independence Day. I think that's the last one I remember there being an intermission for right. a mainstream yeah. film in 
living memory. <laughs> well, I'd love to see some of that. Still alive, but you know. Yeah, we'll get... I'd love to see some of that again. Yeah, sorry, Tosh. Yeah, no, but I'm just thinking though, because that's all well and good, but with with Martin Scorsese and everything like that, I'm not sure he would have put that intermission in. I, no, I, I'm not. So, so, I'll, I'll, so but we did. Yeah, yeah, no, you and I both did. I had my intermission about an hour in, and then, <laughs> and then I watched it to really two and a half hours. So, uh, so this is, and I agree with you guys about the film watching experience. I mean, this is a, it was an experience that I didn't have growing up because we didn't have cinemas in Nigeria, and for me, it was a big, massive thing. When I, when I was 16 and I actually got to go to a cinema and it was a case of, all right, yay, cinema, big dude. And I think that you, what you were talking about is that they used to treat it almost akin to like going to the theater where you have the yeah. guy with the ice cream, you have the intermission and all, and make a big deal about it. And nowadays there's not that much a big deal made about it. And I think then, the, then you also have the unfortunate thing about the fact that it's a business and people, someone has to put up the money. So like you might have like, you and directors and everything like that complaining about the fact that oh this is my vision and no one's letting me realize my vision and all but the truth is what all directors are trying to do is that they're trying to play around with somebody else's money they want they, yes. want, they, want, they want to take somebody yeah. else's money and then play to make up their their vision which is a it's inherently selfish but um but someone has to put up that money and none of the studios were going to put up that the money to make a film like the irishman so if Netflix puts up the money, and I think and if Netflix put up, puts up the money, if Netflix, as Sharon, you are saying, gives as much effort and as much, like, you know, they put in as much hard work and as much effort and as much expertise into making this film as anything that will be on the big screen, I do not see why that film should be looked down on just because it's not in cinemas or maybe not in cinemas for as long as some other films. Or people say, oh, yeah, that's not as good, that's not as good a filmmaking achievement be, because no, they put it, they put up the money. You wouldn't put up the money, so shut up. As, as, far, yeah. as far as I'm yeah. concerned, and and as I as I told Alicia, I said, and for me, I would rather have the film, regardless of what platform it is on, than not have the film at all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and no, I agree with that one. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. So uh, I agree that I think the filmmaking because there's two things. There's the there's the filmmaker what they want, and then there's the viewer what we want. And uh, and I think sure enough for the for the filmmaking experience when you go to the cinema it is different it is something unless of course you have those people who we spoke about last week who who like you know yeah. play on their phones and put on their the, put on their flashlights and and crinkle their crisp packets really really loudly mm. and punch you <laughs> so, so it, it's it's special when you go to the cinema but I think for me I'm like look if they're going to put the money up and if they're going to put as much effort into making the film then don't look down on it. Wow, that's it. Yeah. 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 But, 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 but well, anyway, that's me anyway. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Hopefully that answers Alicia's question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there you go, Alicia. We got, you know, yeah, that's our with, views. With what you wrote to her and what we've said, you know, it's too late, but... Yeah, it's, it's too late. I, I said that. I mean, because we know the way these things are. You know how people, you, you, you go, you star in a film, you end up on the cutting room floor, I'm like, we might have given her that and we might end up on the cutting room floor. We might not make it into our article. But I'll say that if we do make it into our article, could she please send us a copy? It would be really, really nice. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, Alicia, hope you're listening. And I hope that we've encompassed enough for you about what we think when it comes to people looking down on Netflix movies and whether it changes the f- film watching experience. Right. Let's carry on to the films we're going to talk about this week. Now, it has been a bit of a... Uh, well... 
in most cinemas i don't really think that there's much out there's i think about jumanji the next level is about the only thing that's wide across and sean you had to do the whole thing of getting on a boat going across some water <laughs> going to a, going to a student <laughs> well, town and getting to watch some other things yeah i mean it was really lucky because i went over because I go over there quite a bit because my mother lives over there and I go over to watch the Bournemouth games. Well, it was Bournemouth-Liverpool. Yep. So I went, I went, to, I went to watch Bournemouth-Liverpool at three o'clock and then I went home to Mother's for, I had some tea and some toast and Marmite, which was very nice. Thanks, Mum. And then I got <laughs> straight off and I saw the, the 545 showing of Honey Boy, yep. um, which is one of the films to be. And then there was like a 40-minute a break till Lucy in the Sky. So, and where I went to, where, this, where the Cineplex is, yep. there's like a massive 24-hour Tesco thing. So I went and had a little look around there and I bought a few sweets <laughs> and I went back and I watched um, Lucy in the Sky. Yeah, so it was really, really, the timings were really right. You know, it actually worked out really good. Football, Honey Boy, Lucy in the Sky. Cool. And some toast and marmite to boot oh, for those that... Well, toast sounds nice, but yeah, marmite. Yeah, you're that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So okay. yeah, so so that was really good. So because I also because there wasn't a lot out, I figured that I would you know we'd, we'd see some other stuff. But as it is, I've seen a couple of others now anyway. So I well I went to cinema with my arm firmly twisted. Twisted, the back. you did. Yes. Okay. We and could, yeah. I did go to see Charlie's. You Angels. did. Yeah. We Ooh. wanted to know your thoughts. Oh uh, yes. I did. Yeah. Okay, so, so don't, I, don't, don't tell me, don't tell me, because I really, uh, um, you know, my whole thing, ever since I've seen Charlie's Angels and I've been going on about how yeah. I really, really want to talk, I want, really want, I want to talk to women about this film. And it's, as I'm so surprised that of all the films that, was re- that have been released this year, this is the one that makes me want to have a serious conversation about gender politics. But, uh, but what I want to do is I want to get you and Holly, our London correspondent, is watching it this weekend. And at some point next week, I want to, if we can, if we can work in the schedule, so I want to get you, Holly, and I want to have a chat with you guys about it. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I can save my opinion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Save your opinion. Save your opinion. I want to. I want to hear. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. Anyway, never mind. Never mind. And I think next week because we uh, we're gonna have next week is pretty much going to be the Adam Driver show because yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if anybody <laughs> else has been. There's this film called Marriage Story which Netflix is shoving in your face at the moment every time you log on. It's like, Marriage Story! Watch Marriage Story! With Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Because this is one of these films which was in cinemas for a blink-and-you-miss-it sec- second. It's been touted for, like, you know, Oscars and all that kind of stuff, and Netflix have got their hands on it. So Netflix... Are the, and there's two films that have been released in the last week that were over the Adam Driver movies. One of them is called The Report, which was in cinemas for a blinking miss thing, and then ended, then all of a sudden showed up on Amazon, and Amazon has shoved it in your face, going, "Watch this, watch this, watch this," and Marriage Story, which is going to be, "Watch this, watch this, watch this," and of course next week we're going to have Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, which is just going to be everywhere. So it's like Adam Driver, the yeah. Adam Driver week. <laughs> mm. Which, which I have to say, apart from Carlo Ren, I really rate highly. Oh, I yeah. think he's great, Adam Driver. I really liked him in Black Klansman. I thought he was 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 first class and he was okay in um the dead don't die he was he was sort of a dead very deadpan in that so i mean but i don't like him in the star wars film <laughs> okay we'll leave that till next week but okay. <laughs> but oh did we decide john because lucy in the sky um okay we have an also ran section so we have three rounds where we talk about 
Netflix, we talk about cinema film, Netflix film, cinema film, Netflix film, cinema film, Netflix film. And every now and then we've ended up watching too many things in a week and we have to put things in an also ran section. So did you decide that we're going to put Lucy in the sky and an also ran or we're going to keep that for next week and talk about it next week? Well, I mean, I, I don't mind really. I don't know how, how we want to go. It's, it's one of those films that it might still be around, but I think it will go very, very quickly. So okay. we can keep that because, I mean, that's so, I, I've watched loads, you know. Mm. I mean, I've seen Motherless Brooklyn and I've seen – so we're going to have to – because I think, Sharon, you're going to have to decide, right? I know I know. <laughs> it seems me. You've got, you've got to decide out of them. I mean, I can mention him in also Rands if you want to. But yeah. I, I mean, I really want, I really want to do Honey Boy, really, really. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lucas has got potential. I think we should save it till next week because even if we don't watch it at the cinema, it's going to be appearing on a platform yeah. near you very soon. And so. and it will be quite good. Okay, so, we, we, so we'll, we'll save, save that till next week. Okay. An executive decision. Lucy and executive decision. Well done. Waited it's, till next right, week. that's being waited till next week. Okay, we have so three we, pairs. So Lucy and the Sky were waiting. Wait until next week. Yeah. We're going to wait until next week. Yeah. So about, we what? have three pairs. Yeah. What about, what about um, Motherless Brooklyn? You're doing that next oh, week. Oh, I'll do that next week as well. Okay, that's cool. No, that's cool. That's cool. We can, we can do that. We can fit that in. We should, we should, perhaps on odd occasions, we could do four. Yeah. But we, not now. We'd stick with this. We have done in the past. We have done in the past, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but we, the problem is that we, I don't think we have enough Netflix stuff. We haven't seen enough Netflix stuff to actually... Okay. To get the match yeah, pairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. So let's kick off because this is one of these weird weeks where only... I think every single film we're talking about, only one of us has seen it. So we have six films and only one person has no, seen I've it. Seen, oh, I've, no, I've seen Jumanji. I watched it last night. Oh, you saw, you saw I watched Jumanji? it last night, yeah. Ah, okay. I, I saw the, like, the late show at nine o'clock, so I have actually seen Jumanji. All right. Oh, and it's fresh. That was last night. After I, I got back really late, and I showered because I was so cold, and I was in some duds. And I thought, oh, I, just, I thought I'm going to go to pictures because I really, yeah. you know, like we were saying about the immersive experience. Yeah. And it was great because it was in screen one, which is the big screen, and it, I was in the front row. So, and there weren't many people there. So, so well, so I was. It was late then, that by what was going on in the world. So, I had a very <laughs> late night. <laughs> and so I didn't go out at all last night. Oh, right. Okay. I had the television on literally till three in the morning. No, literally, uh, it was till three in the morning. Wow. But I won't talk about no, that. No, we're not. That's, that's, yeah. So, Jumanji, the next level. Jumanji, the next level, yes. You know, I've you seen know that. I actually totally forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were, you were having your Christmas do. Yeah, yeah, okay. For, so, for everybody who's wondering what we're talking about, because you might be listening to this, we're recording this on the 13th of December. Hang on, it's 13th. Yeah, we're recording this on the 13th of December 2019, the day after a general election in the UK. So, so yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, as I said, let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. So we're gonna kick off with Jumanji: The Next Level, which Sean and I have both seen. Now, this is a sequel to Jumanji: uh, Welcome to the Jungle, and this were which was like a continuation of the Jumanji franchise that was with a, or kicked off with the Robin Williams movie back in the nineties. So in this one, it's a video game, and people get sucked into a video game, and then they go through the whole usual Jumanji thing, which is that like you have a whole bunch of uh, essentially obstacles that are trying to kill you. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And you have these kids who get sucked into this video game, and they end up play, being put into avatars by, played by The Rock, Karen Gillan, Kevin Hart, and Jack Black. And uh, then this film, essentially, it's a sequel, so it just kicks, all, kicks off all over again. Now, and that's, that's basically the idea. Sean, you went to go see this. What did you think of it? I did. Yes. Okay. So this film, it was, uh, I mean, I, I, I watched the, the other, I was really surprised by the first Jumanji sequel. I was yeah. really, really surprised how much I enjoyed it. And it yeah. was really, really good. 
And I thought, this is going to, you know, have to take this. I don't think the it's going to be level. so good yet because it made a, it made a lot of money. So yeah. I reckon this one probably won't be quite so good. Yep. But I have to say, and, and to start off with, I thought, hmm, where's this going? Where's this going? Because you've got you got uh, sort of um, Danny Glover and and uh, Danny DeVito. And I'm thinking, where's this going? <laughs> Danny DeVito. That's it. So you've got those two, and they're all they're like old mates, but they've they've had a fallen out or whatever, and they're just trying to get back together and. And then they they they're actually taken into the game as well. So, but obviously you can imagine a bit like me. They they don't know what sort of what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ah, and you can and so and I mean I think the guys the guys that are playing the the avatars or the, the game yeah. Are, yeah are having so much fun playing it they, because they are, they are having a yeah. lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, because you know Danny Glover. Yeah, you know Danny yeah. Glover. He's like really slow talking. You know, yeah. it's like well, and takes it takes a long time to get to anything like that. So yeah, do you know what? I I, I really enjoyed this. I, I was actually chuckling out quite often and in, in quite a few occasions actually. I thought it was it was uh, so yeah. I was much surprised. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I thought it was. I thought it was a really really good movie. <laughs> I really enjoyed yeah. it. It was it was it was nice. It was chuckles. You know, I I, I quite liked it. I really really liked it. And I I think uh, I think you know for ages they've talked about how they've been struggling to make a video game movie or make a. A, a good movie adaptation of a video game and i think like this sort of jumanji thing is the way forward because there's bits of it where it really does feel like like there's there's a bit with a whole bunch of mandrills mandrills who are chasing them oh, like, yeah, on, on all yeah. these all these bridges that float and you have to jump from one bridge to another and, it, and i was like that is totally a that is totally like a nintendo entertainment system game i used to yeah. play in the 80s that is like i i recognize this this feels like a video game and i i think this this approach is really really and they're going to be doing it with another film called free guy with ryan reynolds but um but i i i really liked it and i love the fact that they they because they didn't, obviously you can't just retread what happened in the last film so you can't just sort of say these kids they go into this thing these are the different avatars they go through the whole thing so they they change the world so because there's a bit where one of the and th there's there's actually parallels this is kind of it, there's a bit of this there's a bit black mirror light like there's an episode of black mirror called striking vipers which is all about oh, how yeah. People, yeah people go into a game and they have this different life and everything like it. and this film starts off with a little bit of that about how this guy spencer he he isn't happy with his life and he thought that when he was in the game in the first film he liked the feeling of being this character so he wants to go back into it and that it's that is very sort of ready player one it's very that episode of black mirror and there's little bits of this that sort of like are seeded throughout the film that says like maybe it's hinting at something bigger but first and foremost it's supposed to be like a thrill ride it's supposed to be like it's almost like a sub indiana jones style thrill ride yeah it, 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 it is as well and, and as i say that you've got some added characters as well you've got some yes. added characters i mean they, uh, they've added in uh, some characters ming ming Hawkeye, ming like Fleetfoot. A, yeah 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 he's yeah. like a um lock pick and the safe cracker yeah. that sort of thing and that and i you know with the, with the switching around because there's all like there's quite a lot of switching around going <laughs> they, on and stuff yeah they, they have the I whole thing where, where they switch where they switch from one body into another one so yeah, you have yeah, so you have, you, have, you have all these actors until they uh, yep. <laughs> sort, sort themselves out yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. this ming back to this ming she, yeah you know uh, what 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 <laughs> yeah i mean it was like 
you know, you could actually see the character she yeah. was. Yeah, well, you know but, what I mean? Well, the funny, the funny yeah, thing about it, yeah, she played but, it so well. Brilliant. The, the funny thing about it is that you had bits where you had Jack Black because in the first film, Jack Black was like the MVP because Jack Black was playing, yeah. he was playing like you know, a sort of teenage. Like you yeah. know, prom queen, oh, girl. Yeah. and Jack Black is hilarious in the first one because you're like, oh my god, I never thought Jack Black would have been the perfect choice to play a teenage girl. <laughs> and, and in this film, you have bits like where you have Kevin Hart goes from playing an old man to playing somebody else, and there's 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 a scene where Jack Black is playing a black teenage football star, <laughs> and in the same scene, it goes from Jack Black playing a, a a black teenage football star, which he ju- he gets away with the way he does it, to Karen Gillan playing a black a black teenage male for, for like you know six foot football star, and Jack Black playing uh playing like you know a neurotic teenage girl, and it's just kind of like you're going, oh my god, these guys are having so much fun, and they're pulling it off, and like <laughs> that's what it looked like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it looked like, and I think Kevin Hart doing his Danny Glover impression is hilarious. It's like I appear, it's like it's like I appear to have turned wow. into a muscular small boy scout. <laughs> that's what it says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, that that's a hippopotamus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting thing about the hippopotamus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, so, and, and you have that. I think. I think out of all of them, The Rock playing Danny DeVito is the one that does not work as well. I, I have to say, I totally agree with you on that, Tosin. Yeah, yeah. It, it, does yeah, not, it does not work as well. And and it's thrown into sharp relief, as you said, because it's a bit later on in the film where Aquafina plays Danny DeVito. And the way she does That's it, the one. you're like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> that like, is, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, even the way she's good because the way she walks, you know, like Danny yeah. DeVito's got yeah. that little penguin walk. <laughs> she even got that, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like... Yeah, yeah, I, it's, yeah it's, she gets she gets yeah. the walk down and everything, and you're like, whoa, whoa, oh my god, this is serious. <laughs> so I think I think it's it's a lot of fun. It kind of knows what it is, and it tweak it tweaks the formula enough. Oh, there we are. So it it tweaks the formula enough so that it's not just a retread of the first film. That there's actually a couple yeah. of different things in there. There's bits about like you know friendship and like you know not letting time go by. There's a bit about there's a little bit of a message about. Um, friendship, friendship about being yourself, about like you know trying to escape into a game because you're not happy with your life, all that kind of stuff. And I would, I, I mean, I've thought about this hard and all that, and even this is a weird thing where after watching the film and talking about the film now, I'm actually feeling happier about the film than I did when I was watching it. If you get what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I like do. it's it's like the film is growing in my estimation. I think I'd have to give it a high three. It's a very high three, but I don't quite think it's a four. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I've got this. I've got this. Uh, this thought as well, but high three. But I am going to because I enjoyed it so much, and I actually had chuckle out laughs. Yeah. I, I was laughing quite considerably, which was um, which was quite yeah. surprising. So I'm going to give it a four. Sorry, it's okay. a four for me. This cool. I, no. I enjoyed it that much, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than the first one. Actually, the, really? the second season. Yes, I did. Yes, good I, stuff. I know. Surprised. Eh? I'm surprised at myself. I do intend to watch this one. But, but, but I did it. I, I do agree with you. Um, didn't quite work as uh, the Rock. Danny DeVito didn't quite work as the Rock. No, no, no yeah, I don't think it, it didn't quite work. I mean, I liked, I liked the ideas of what they did, and I liked the sort of character, like the fact that he, when he gets into the game, he's like, "Oh, my hip, my hip feels amazing." <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that, but I, but I think of the of the the different things where you had 
a character in the game playing like acting like a, a real life person that was the one that didn't work as well but <laughs> um but yeah cool so that's that and now we move on we move on to in like flynn now this is something that you saw last week sean we had seen it was much. yes last week we had the opposite thing where we had we'd seen too much stuff on netflix so we had to move stuff to this week and uh, and now and in like flynn i had a little quick like this because when you wrote this i, I originally thought you got it wrong and you were talking about in like flint but then I looked up oh, and, right. I, yes. yeah, and I realized, oh no, this is an Errol Flynn movie. This is yes. This is right up Sean's alley. So Sean, would you want to kick off by telling us what? Tell us what Errol Flynn means to you, and then you can tell us about the okay. Film. And and I think Sharon to a degree. Well, yes, Sharon's I brother, have a long relationship but, with him. Okay, so uh, in like Flynn, uh, sorry, sorry, Errol Flynn was like my hero as a as a young boy my hero as a young boy i mean i never got to see these films at the cinema but they were standard fare on tv yeah. and christmas the adventures and things like of that. Robin Hood, the adventure well, of Elizabeth Essex, don juan i see you know them all <laughs> seahawk but see, he yeah. is right because the film that came out in 1938 which robin hood like you yeah. talked about welcome to Sherman, my lady is where and i think ever since then robin hood has looked like in wearing green tights yeah. you know what i mean just like the men in tights with the little green cap. Um, so, yeah, and he's like a super, super swashbuckling. He was in a lot of swashbuckling movies. If you've seen the Disney um, Robin Hood, that's where there is just a complete yeah, copy of... So, well, they are. And, and men in tights, Robin Hood men yeah. in tights. They're, they're, and, I mean, really, if for all you younger listeners, if there's some younger listeners, just check out some of these films because they are really great, brilliant, brilliant adventures. Yeah. And I remember, I must have been about seven or eight and it was a christmas time and they had the adventures of robin hood do, 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 do. anyway and i was just like whoa probably part of it gets into in which which got me into the movies and he's a was brilliant rest westerns as well dodge city virginia city they died with their boots on where he played custer yeah so anyway errol flynn was this huge huge big box office star really really good looking had a bit of a reputation for, yeah, for the ladies the and there was a bit of a scandal, well, a few scandals really. Yeah. When, and if you ever read, if you ever heard of David Niven, he writes, uh, he's, he's written an autobiography called The Moon's a Balloon yeah. and they, they, he was really good friends with Errol Flynn. It's worth a read, it's a good read about old Hollywood type stars. So anyway, so you've got Errol Flynn who's this, this like, well, he was a superstar in his time, wasn't he? Oh yeah, biggest star on the planet. Fairly tight cast, though, I think, which upset him a little bit. He didn't like doing all the Western City. He preferred doing the adventure stuff. Yeah, and, and and he liked to be classed a serious actor, but he couldn't really, couldn't get away from that. No. He couldn't get away from that swashbuckly adventure. He was just too good at it. Uh, just too good at it, yeah. And, uh, I mean, he, you know, he had the right thing. So anyway, so that was Errol Flynn. And the film, in like Flynn, Okay. Well, in like the expression Flynn. in like Flynn is an expression that came yeah. about when he was alive because of all his go, you know, his amorous exploits. exploits and getting into trouble. I mean, there was yeah. the one where he was accused a few times of, of doing some, you know. <laughs> anyway, so back to this. So in like Flynn, I thought, oh, this is interesting. I've got a, I need to watch this, and it takes part. And this is about before he becomes the actor. So it starts off. He's like he's like leading an expedition in in New Guinea, and he's uh, like the guy's uh, a, a producer, a film producer. And he's got a film, and and they go around, they film the wildlife and all that. And he says, um, "Oh, one day, you know, you, you should you should come to America and, and try it in the movies." And anyway, 
so so it goes that far there's a few adventures a few narrow escapes and then he it's about his early life where all the adventures he goes on like a boat he's got you know he gets a boat he's passionate about sailing wasn't oh he? yeah he's yeah, like yeah, he's yeah passionate about boat, sailing. Yeah. um and so he gets a boat and he, he goes gold prospecting and stuff and it's about some of the characters he meets he meets like all these characters along the way he gets into boxing fights prize fighting and he's in um Townsville and he nearly gets they won't let him go because he's he's beaten this boxer that he shouldn't have beaten and it's just it's just all the stuff that 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 his life yeah, basically he's, he's he written a couple he wrote a couple of books as well yeah, yeah. it's based on yeah. his, it was slightly um fantasized but he did write an autobiography that there was a little bit embellished in places yeah 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 because yeah, I think you said your 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 brother watched this as yeah. well didn't he yeah, yeah because yeah. because he's he's essentially like the definition of rabble rouser or hellraiser or something like that yeah, yeah, definitely that. Yeah, Absolutely. it was. It yeah, because he was, he was from life. Tasmanian. They called him the Tasmanian Devil. Yeah, well, originally he was classed to be during the in the early part yeah. with Robin Hood. And that he was an Irishman, so he was he was apparently he was from Ireland. Oh yeah, Ireland they made up all sorts of things by then. So yeah, what they used to do the Hollywood system, you know. Yeah, they'd create a history for you. That's it. Yeah, and yeah. he did do a lot of theatre in this country as well. He did oh, repertory theatre in Britain. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. He was, as I say, there. I think there's a film called The Sun Also Rises, which, which is. You know, it's, it's sort of critically acclaimed and it's quite serious. And that it's about um, about a drunkard because I think he was a bit of a lush. You know, he did. did oh, there's the, the Peter O'Toole film about. Yeah. Um, friends, you know, my my about, wicked wicked my ways. My wicked wicked ways. Yeah. yeah. And the there's book. also a film about it's, they fictionalised it, but where when he was older and he was an alcoholic, he used to be given these um, bodyguards or these like chaperones, basically, yeah. who his job was to keep him sober so that he could actually <laughs> film his parts. And then he basically would send these, they often they were like teenage boys or young men, and he'd basically like corrupt them horribly. Yeah, yeah. And they would be like drunk before the morning was over because they were like trying to match him and he would basically drink them under the table. Yeah, yeah. And okay. there was... My perfect year or something. It was there was a film, a film that yeah. people oh, yeah. tools in, and it's basically it's based on Errol Flynn. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the one where he, where he does like the acrobats and stuff. But there's there's also, I mean, I obviously because he was my hero, I used to read a lot about him. But there's one he made a film called San Antonio Western, yeah. Western with with an actress called Anne Sheridan, mm-hmm. and they reckon they although that the, and the story is that they were like drinking ice water because it was really really hot but in fact it wasn't ice water at all it was just like neat vodka and they were <laughs> yeah. just like drinking neat vodka all the way through the through film and then gradually the, the lines become slurred and everything like oh, that yeah okay we're, we're almost out of time allocated to this film yeah so yeah it's about his early life and he was a real rebel rouser and i mean he did actually go to new guinea he did he was an explorer he was an adventurer he did all sorts of things, yeah, yeah 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 before he became a hollywood star and then i mean the end of the film basically gets a letter saying oh come to hollywood to try it for this film and then you see a shot of captain blood and he's yeah. dressed up like right which was like the, his, his, his breakthrough break film, film yeah. yeah so captain blood and like with with somebody who's supposed to be olivia de Havilland, you know yeah his arm. and his arm and that's that's how the film ends and it is a, a really, really. It's it's a fun film, you know. It's not. Um, it's a, it's an adventure film. It's a bit. It's, it's a bit. Of, well, in fact, it's probably a little bit like Jumanji, really, without okay. the the, babo- the booms and the ostriches. So, because I mean, a lot of play, a lot of it takes place in the, the rainforest of of uh, Australia, yeah. in, in northern Queensland, and and New Guinea and places like that where he's going. And there's pirates, you know, and big big bruisey blokes and all sorts of stuff so yeah it's it's, it's a bit of a romp it's a bit of an yeah. adventure it's, it's it's good fun it's like it's like Jumanji so what would you rate it then? 
I'd probably have to give this, oh, I don't know, this is, this is a really, really tough one for me. So I'm just going to say it wasn't, it wasn't absolutely brilliant, but it was, it was good. So I'll give it a solid three. I'll give this one a solid three. Well, yeah. I'll vote on my brother's behalf. My brother saw this oh, and he really enjoyed it, and I quizzed him about it gently. Yeah. And he thought it didn't look much like Flynn, but he really enjoyed it. He thought it was a good film. Yeah. And so I think my brother would give it a three as well. Three, yeah, oh, that's good. good. Oh. I was hoping you were going to say that. So. Oh. All right, cool, good stuff. Because I mean, to be honest, they're, they're onto a loser already. Because you guys love Errol Flynn so much that if you're going to try and do something that is Errol Flynn, it's just a bit, it's it's difficult. It's really, really difficult. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the only time I've seen him on screen, portrayed on screen before, was Jude Law in The Aviator. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Well, but anyway, never mind. So now, Sean, we come back to you. We come back to your wisdom as we go back to cinema, and we ask you about Honey yeah. Boy. Now this is Honey yeah, Boy. Was something you saw on uh, on the mainland, and stars somebody who I think is becoming a bit of like a favorite of yours. This is Shia LaBeouf, isn't it? Shia LaBeouf, yes, he is. Do you know? I really, really, really rate this guy. I really rate this guy. I know he's an oddball, and I know he's he's you know been in, done some strange and and weird things, and probably been arrested a couple of times. But I still think he's great. I love them in Fury. I love them in American Honey. You know, and so obviously he's 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 very high in my estimation. Yeah. Now, it was just the case. I mean, reason for seeing this was when I because I was over the mainland. I probably wouldn't have even. Well, I didn't even know about this film to be honest. I didn't. I didn't. And I just was looking along and I thought, Honey Boy, what's Honey Boy? You know, and and the same as when I went to see Lucy in the Sky. You know, and it was like, um, oh, Honey Boy. Oh, that looks interesting. And it was on at a good time for me to watch. So sure enough, I went there. Do you know? Sometimes I could think I must be really lucky because, I mean, Tower Park, where the cinema is, it's like a massive complex. There's bowling, there's Tesco's, there's all sorts of stuff, gyms. And I just found a parking space straight away, which I've never really done before. I just turned in there and thought, oh, look at that. There's one. Right by, just a nice little walk to the cinema. Um, they've even got a taco bell, bell there, um, Toast. They've even got a taco bell. Oh, yeah. So, that's, anyway, so yeah, back to this film. So, yeah, Sheila Buff, and it's based, in, and he's actually. He's, he's written this piece. He's written this piece. He's written that he did the screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's basically the story of his life as a child and his relationship he had with his father, who and Sheila Buff actually plays his father. You know, he's, he's playing his own father. Yeah. As, oh, yeah. As he was, and um, it's, it's it's also a chaperone. So basically, he his, his dad has to take him. He's a, a child star. And he has to take him to like the movies. He's supposed to be the chaperone, make sure he's alright. And and his son pays pays the dad, so because his his dad's got oh, a bit. Oh yeah, because he was imagine. he was a child star. He was in Holmes. He was, yeah, he was, a, he was like even Stevens yeah. and all stuff like that. And there is a little bit. And the guy who played him, the the guy who played him was absolutely brilliant. Who played the the young lad as well? He was great. Noah Jupe, is it? Oh yeah, yeah. Noah Jupe. Noah Jupe. Yeah, he's having a good, um, he's having a good year. A quiet place, yeah. Or a good, a quiet place. Le Mans yeah. sixty six. Now this, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so and you know he's an English actor, yeah. actor, but he's absolutely brilliant in this. So anyway, he's a child star, and his dad's got a motorbike, and his dad's real hippie. He's like he's like something out of uh, Tom Cruise in Fourth of July when you know when he becomes um. Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So so he's got the motorbike. He's got the bandana. He's got the and. He obviously lets, I mean, the, the lad's supposed to be 12, but he's, he's letting him have a cigarette. He goes, oh, you know, can I have a cigarette, Dad? And he's, he's, he's not the best of fathers. He's not the best of fathers. <laughs> but 
I would have. I, I think I would have quite enjoyed him as a as a as a dad, to be honest. And um, <laughs> but what's quite interesting is from watching this film, I actually went on YouTube and there's an interview with Sheila Booth on um, Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. is it? Yep, yep, and yep. he's saying he goes, "Yeah, my dad." And they were asking. They said, "What does your dad think of this film?" He said, "Oh well." he didn't want to watch it but I asked he said I watched my dad watching it on a on like the computer on a on a computer screen watching it and he said he didn't say much about it but um he thinks he he probably enjoyed it <laughs> so yeah um and he loves his dad anyway but his dad's like but Sheila Buff plays this really neurotic you know there's 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 quite a lot of swearing and he he lets his boy have cigarettes and stuff you know and and, and there's also this little odd scene with the because they live on like a motel sort of complex and there's some other relationships and odd stuff. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, this 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 is this is a this is a great film. Really 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 terrific movie. I mean I I guess I mean I was thinking about it the other day if you I think of all the films I've liked like this and Lucy in the Sky and then there was um last year there was Leave No Trace and you've yeah. got all those films. Yeah. I think a lot of these films you could probably watch on Netflix or TV and, yeah. and, and it would be okay. But they're just really, this whole immersive cinema experience, when you're in the cinema, totally, totally concentrating on these films, you know, which is, is different. Because if I if I'd have watched this on maybe Netflix, it might not have had such an impact. But because I was in the dark, yeah, watching this film, really, really concentrating, thinking, wow, that's fantastic. That, that, that That's great. You know, um, the lad was... <laughs> I don't know. It was just a really, really good film. Just really, I was like really, really pumped for this this movie, you know. Yeah. And it's not like there's no effects, there's no shooting, there's no, mm -hmm. no, you know. It's um. Well, I, I just can't say enough about this film. I was, I was, I was blown away by it. I really was. I was like, oh wow. Oh, I'm really, really pleased I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. So and, just, um, just nice, simple father son story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. But what I mean is, it's not like that. Those big massive Jumanji's or Star Wars or anything like no, that. No, there's so, a place for the different types yeah. of films, aren't there? So, and, and I think actually seeing this at the cinema, and they're fairly small screens, the studio screens, and uh, there, was, there was, again, there was no one there, so I was totally, totally concentrating on the on the film, you know? Yeah, just just and, a bit intimate. Yeah. Oh, his, his dad, <laughs> his dad sort of grows marijuana, you know, and he's, he's like, growing it on the freeway you know like with the because uh, because he and he's saying oh you know the, the municipal company does them they've got like the sprinklers so they're they're watering it all and uh, you know so you get and he goes off there and so you've got them in the middle of the like the freeway all going on there's this, this big okay. big place so, so yeah, sure it's that the way you're talking about it sounds a little bit like you know something like the florida project or something like that Oh yeah, 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 definitely, definitely in the same vein as the Florida Project and, and American Honey. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I, I I really 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 enjoyed this film. Um, so. So how, know, how many stars did you give it? Okay, I'm 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 going to give it a four. I'm going to yeah. give it a four, not a five, because I think a five would, would be too generous, you know. Because, <laughs> but. It's it's a really really high solid four for this movie. I really really liked it. It might not be everybody's cup of tea, and there's a lot of swearing. Um, and I'm guessing it's one of those and, things and where a little bit of drug use. I'm guessing it's one of those things Pardon? where I'm guessing it's one of those things where not much happens. Yeah, no, there's not a lot. Not the, um, you know the things that do happen, but there's a lot of interaction between the 
the you know the, the characters lots of interaction and i guess that's you know i've been thinking this those and all the films i like is where there's a lot of interaction between mm. people and and that was the best thing i think about um knives out was yeah when the, the people interacting with each other so yeah so i'm going to give this a solid solid four stars definitely four stars here all right big one four that, so that's four stars for honey boy and cool and now we go back to netflix and friends and uh netflix and friends we're going to talk about this is me and instead of netflix we're going to be talking about amazon prime and this is, yeah talking about a documentary that i saw called andy murray resurfacing now um I don't know if you guys know anything about Andy Murray or anything like that. I, I've, uh, I've mentioned before. It's that tennis. I, is, that, is that the one that, is that the English tennis one that was Scottish? English. Scottish. Scottish. Yeah, that's the one that was moaning about. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I've got to be honest with you, Toes. I'm yeah. not a major, major tennis fan. No, so, no, you know, no. I mean, uh, he yeah. always had a reputation of being a very chippy Scot, didn't he? Yeah. Throughout his early career, he was just a chippy Scot. Yeah. He was always a bit like, Oh, you horrible English! And then he won Wimbledon, and everyone sort of loved him. I mean, <laughs> I like, mean, yes. I, I, and they turned around. His whole relationship with the British public really turned around yeah, at yeah, Wimbledon. Yeah. And about the time of the 2012 Olympics, it was it yeah. was a real turnaround for him. I mean, I mean, these documentary type ones. I'm assuming it's a documentary type ones. I do yeah. quite like. I mean, I'm not a major sports fan, but I did like the one they did on Senna. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, And the Maradona and the Maradona one. Yeah. one. Yep. Um, so uh, you know, I really, really enjoyed those. Um, is this the same sort of type of film? It's kind of like that, but obviously, obviously, the difference is that you, you, uh, this is this isn't being done in like retrospect. This is actually just being. It's like there's someone who actually followed him around for the best part of a year, or actually for probably oh, over, right, okay. over a year. There was a lady. Mm. Oh, I can't remember her name. Olivia something. It's like Capuchino. Ah, I'm sorry, but uh, she follows him around and she makes this film about him because. Now, you talk about Errol Flynn and you talk about him being like, you know, your hero and everything like that. I'm big into tennis. So I've been following Andy Murray. I've seen everything that he does and everything that people have said about him. Like, you know, Sharon, you were you were alluding to the way the, the public or the newspapers spoke about him as like, you know, the Chippy Scott and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because he made he made a joke once when he said, oh, I want anybody but England to win the World Cup. And then they were like, oh, how very dare you. And then they came, <laughs> yeah. and it pretty much came up to like, oh, how dare you? We pay your money. And, and it's like all that kind of rubbish. <laughs> and and so he, and so since then, he's kind of like, you know, retreated into himself and he's known for being quite dour. And. 2019 this was a year that kicked off and i remember in january 2019 january i love it it's my birthday um it's um around about that time the australian open also starts and australian open this year and Murray had been out for a while with a hip injury he was number one when he got the hip injury he'd so like he'd been away from the sport for he hadn't paid, really played for 18 months and before the australian open he came out and he pretty much said that's it this year i'm going to retire because my hip is in too much pain, I can't play, and I might have to have an operation just to have a good quality of life, just so I can play with my kids. And I remember that kind of ruined my January. I remember, I remember for some reason being so, so sad, because I was like, oh my, this guy has worked so hard in an era where he has like, you know, Roger Federer and what's the other guy Nadal and Djokovic and all these guys and they're they're the more fancied ones and he's worked so hard to actually even have a chance to go against them and now the fact that his body's gonna let him down and he's gonna have to retire and that really really sort of like that 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 put me in a funk and I was like why am I in a funk I'm, I'm, I'm not even it's not it's not my life but still it put me in a funk on his behalf and this is essentially the so the the 
the title of the documentary resurfacing there's a double there's a double meaning because he had to have this um operation which is referred to as a hip resurfacing operation just and the, the way they put it is that it was about him just trying to have a better quality of life now it wasn't about him trying to get back to the top of tennis and also it's all about the fact that he's been away for a while and now he's coming back up so he is resurfacing ah see what they did there. yeah and 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 it goes behind the scenes it's like it talks about it's probably more access than we've ever seen with Andy Murray. he's talking about why it means so much i need to play tennis i mean a big a lot of the deal has been because do you remember the dumblain shootings Yes, yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, he was actually. Absolutely, I remember them. Yeah. Yeah, he was actually a student at that school. Oh wow! So, yeah, he was a student at that school. He and his brother. He and his and there's bits of the documentary where he's talking about the fact that yeah, that's that was like you know a key part of his life and why he why tennis means so much to him because he was in the school the day when the shooting happened. He says that they knew the guy who did the shooting. That they'd taken him. They like dropped him off at the train station. They he'd been in the car. He'd spoken to his family and all that kind of stuff. And it, like he's a kid of run about like twelve years old and doesn't understand why the heck this is happening. So it's like a lot of access to Andy Murray, a lot of what goes on behind the scenes for like, you know, a professional sports person and what they're having to go through. And there's and there's just a lot of really, really sort of emotional bits where he's having to face the fact that this might be it. That this might be the end. That and and he he has he has to fight the fact that this might be the end of my career, but I don't want it to be the end of my career. I still feel as if I have so much more to give, but my body might be telling me that's it, no more, not going, to, not going through with it. And I thought it was a great, great insight to the whole thing. Me being a tennis fan, I was well into it because I remembered, or oh, when they show him trying to make a comeback, I remember watching those matches. When they show him playing a, a match in Washington, um, until two o'clock in the morning, I watched that match live. I remember, I remember watching this and thinking, "Oh my god, what is going on?" And it's, I love the way it's done. I love the way the film ends, and it's, it's something I would recommend. Like even if you don't know that much about tennis, I mean, if you know a lot about tennis and you you follow Andy Murray anyway, it's it elevates it loads. If you don't, it's still a really really good documentary about a professional sports person and as I know, I know Sean you quite like it when you have a world that you don't really know that much about but you're being yeah, given do, access yeah. to and seeing see yeah. just what goes on behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff and all the doctor's appointments and the operations and all that and it, and they interview like his his opponents they interview his 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 whole team and just the way they talk about it and the sort of like interplay between them I think is amazing I would give it uh, I'm gonna go for a four. I think they did a really, okay. really. I, th- I think they did a really, really good job. There were actually bits, but as I said, obviously with a caveat that I'm a massive tennis fan. There were bits a bit where I just started getting quite choked up, and I was like, "Oh my god, I remember when he, I remember when he made that speech." <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you, you've got to give it a four for that. Though. It was so terrible. If it makes you, if you make, if it makes you choke, chuckle, or makes you feel quite emotional, then I think you have to, you have to say that it's had an effect on you, and that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there, were, there were bits where I was definitely feeling a bit choked up, but as I said, that's because I'm a, I'm a massive tennis fan. I'm an Andy Murray fan, and I, I just, I actually just want good things for him. <laughs> I want, oh, okay. Yeah, I want good things for that guy. All right, cool. So that's it. Resurfacing gets four out of five. And now, Sharon, it is your time. It is your moment to shine. <laughs> you managed to get a preview screening of A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. You know it's yes. you know it's Oscar season when they bring out like you know a Tom Hanks movie right? Tom Hanks <laughs> film comes out yes. 
So because so, apparently it's not being released until January, generally. Yeah. Um, but this, uh, yeah, I saw this on a very that's, early preview. That's what they did with Green Book last year. To Green yes, Book it was last year. well early. So yeah, it's about a month ahead of schedule that I saw this on a preview. But yes, yeah, a beautiful day in the neighbourhood. It's about um, if you're an American, you know who Mr. Rogers is, mm-hmm. and he was like a an, an iconic childhood star I mean if you were a child growing up in America I think any time between like the 50s and the 70s you knew who Mr Rogers was and I had I've never heard of him so I had no idea who he was so this was a bit of a a complete I was going into this as a complete unknown I did not know who this character was the closest I can relate to him was like a playaways Brian Kant oh yeah I know yeah he's like that that sort of character who is like he's yeah. When you see Brandon him off screen, yeah. he seems to be the same on screen as he is off screen. He's got that genuine characteristic about him. And so there's the story basically is focused. You see all this through the eyes of a journalist played by Matthew Rees, who's called Lloyd Vogel, who's basically a fictionalised journalist who really did interview Mr Rogers. Yeah. And he was sent to write a, a piece for his magazine that he works for. I can't remember the name. Esquire magazine, he was sent to write a piece uh, about American heroes and it was supposed to be 400 words. Just a little sort of you know, summary of this is just a few quotes and this is Mr. Ro- I met Mr. Rogers as an American hero. And he is a cynical journalist who's world weary, who's um, got from a damaged background. His mother died when he was very young. He's got a very dysfunctional relationship with his father. In fact, he's got no relationship with his father. And so he is the, the last person you would expect to go and interview someone who has got the had the reputation even then as being like a living saint. Yeah. Someone who was almost like too good to too be good true. Too good to be true, yeah. And so he goes, this cynical journalist goes to meet Mr. Rogers. And to his sort of, I think to his horror and surprise, there's no side to him. He is as genuine as, as he appears. I mean, he's compassionate. He's, he's, he's a man of faith. He's a man of compassion and wisdom and insight. But it's not something that comes naturally to him. He says, you know, I do these things every day. I have anger and I have sort of, you know, rage, but I have ways of dealing with it. And there's, there's no one I don't meet who I, I'm not. When I'm with them, they are the most important person I'm with. And when I'm talking to someone you are the most important person to and he said i've worked at this and worked at this and everyone who knows him says he's like that with everyone he genuinely is this this genuinely compassionate you know mm. man of god who is just a, a lovely man who has who basically is 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 the real deal yeah but it isn't an easy journey for him and so through this sort of meeting this man and and forming a relationship with him they get to know each other quite well through the course of this um interview as it were it's bit by bit matthew reese's characters begin to examine he begins to examine his own life and he begins to see which as where he needs to put the work in in his own life to to become you know the man that he ultimately wants to be the father he wants to be to his child so it's yes it's one of those films that i think it's probably uniquely american i don't think we in britain make this sort of film because we're too cynical, we don't we don't like our we yeah, don't like no, our heroes no, to be no, genuine. We like to find a side yeah, to them. We, we do. Like, yeah, we like to find like, exactly we, right. We have these exposés about like Enid Blyton, who's like you know, and we like the fact that you know she was not this sweet old lady, but she was yeah. a bit of a cow. And so we we find that we we look for our heroes and we like them to be slightly more flawed, whereas 
this, if this film is anything to go by, this guy seems like he was a genuinely lovely man. Oh, well, yeah. well. And yeah. so it was a really interesting film. So I found it, yeah, quite a nice film. In fact, that nice is a, is a horrible word to use because it's so, it's so bland. But I found that it was it's a good film in that it's like goodness does not come easily. It's something that he had to work, work, out. work out. And to be genuinely good, it's not something that we should be cynical about, is that we should embrace it and celebrate the fact that there are some genuinely good people, people around. Yeah, there are. And if they happen to be someone who's on our television screens and who has influence on the lives of so many people around them, then that should be something we should celebrate and not look for the cynical mm. and for the... We should, yeah, we should try to embrace that, that better, yeah. our better selves. So I, this really sort of spoke to me. This film, I really enjoyed it. I think we have this thing in this country of because you see it in the papers of building people up, yeah, and when they become <laughs> heroes, we just love to knock them down. Syndrome. It doesn't yeah, matter yeah, what you want to do it. But I was sat there though when I was thinking about my childhood heroes. I think half of them are in jail, so I think there was we have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, he's a bit like a. Oh no, you can't think him because he's in jail. Yeah. And oh, and oh no, you can't think yeah. him because he was arrested for being yeah. a pedophile. And I was, oh no. And so I was thinking of who could I say we could compare yeah. it to? Exactly. And the only one I could think of was Brian Cannon. Brian Cannon off a of playaway. Yeah. And. Because I was even thinking, you know, Jeffrey from Rainbow, I was thinking, did he not have a bit of a side as well? <laughs> so, not that he was doing anything criminal, but I think there was that bit of a... Um, oh, so, look, oh, look, George, Jeffrey's going Jeffrey, out. Well, yeah. one. And oh. so I, but he was, he's the real deal. I get the feeling that he actually genuinely oh, right. is the That's real cool. deal. That's cool. Yeah, because I think, I think with, um, with this, I... The, I only ever came across Mr. Rogers because when Eddie Murphy was on Saturday Night Live... He did a he did a um, a parody of Mr. Rogers, where he he lived in the ghetto and he would come in doing exactly the same thing as Mr. Rogers and he would have things like his, his landlord would come around and he would call his, and he would be like kids, my landlord's a scum bucket. Do you know any scum buckets? Oh, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was yeah. the only way I, I was like I was like it looks like he's parodying something. What is he parodying? And that's how I found out about Mr. Rogers. So with that, so is Mr. Rogers is he? Is this true? Is this a true yeah, story? It's a true story. Oh, yeah. story. Yeah, because is I think, an article I think... called um, about Mr. Rogers, a real hero. Yeah. Yeah. So so the film is pretty much it's uh, from what I can understand. It's, it sounds like the film is an adaptation of how that article was written. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, so how many stars did you give it? Well, I think I think following on the. I think I'm going to have to give this a four Yay. because I though I like the fact this sort of you know people go on a journey on their their stories. So I liked the journey that Matthew Reese's character went on. I thought it was relatable. I liked you know Mr. Rogers, and so I would yeah I'd give it a four. This appealed to me. Um, this is like yeah up my street of the sort of film I I enjoy. So yeah, I would give it a, a four for a beautiful day in the neighbourhood. Right. And if you're an American, yeah, that would probably start you singing in the way that if I said underground, overground, people would start <laughs> singing "Wombling Free." Mm. It's there's a certain words will just trigger a song in your head. And so, but yeah, a beautiful day in the neighbourhood. I liked it a lot. Oh yeah, oh, and I think believe it's directed by the same lady who directed. Can you ever forgive me? Oh, oh right. right! Yay! I thought that would get that right. right. See, I liked that. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I did like that film. Yeah, I, I like that. that film. That was yeah, yeah. Can you forgive me? That's the plagiarism film, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. faking faking letters yeah. and things. Yeah, directed by again, me. Melissa McCarthy playing against type. But yeah, it was excellent. She was good. She Mar was good. Marielle Heller. So, so Tom Hanks, 
Oscar, Oscar, talk. What do you think about that? I think yeah, because if again, if you know who this character is, you'd probably say it's pitch perfect. I can't compare them, but I gather feeling that they they made such a big effort to make him as like Mr. Rogers as possible that I think yeah, he's he's yes, they like they like Tom Hanks. Right. They obviously like Mr. Rogers, so I think yes, it's a good bet. Cool, good stuff, good stuff. And now we come to the final thing, final thing of this evening, and this is Papillon. So, Sean, Papillon, yeah. Yeah, so, Sean, you saw this on, I think, was it Sky Cinema or something? Sky Cinema, yeah. I saw this on Sky Cinema because I missed it. At the, I, I, yeah. I didn't see it at, the, um, at the, the, the main cinema. Now, yeah, because Papillon, uh, now let's see, when I hear that, I think Dustin Hoffman and Steve McQueen. Dust- Steve McQueen, McQueen you know, yes, the, definitely. The butterfly tattoo on yes, his chest. Yeah, you've seen Papillon, haven't you? Oh, I've had dozens of times. Yeah, it, that's what I mean. That's a film you can watch and watch and watch, can't yeah. it? And the music, you know. And at the end, you just you yet, want I have to, never so I'm not going to give any spoilers. You've oh, well, never watched it. Oh, Tosin, Tosin. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's... Um, so, so this is a remake. Devil's Island. This is a remake, yeah. This was the remake film. I mean, the original was... Um, was uh, I was just great, one of can. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's Devil's Island. It's a convict island run by the French, where basically they're worst offenders. They send to this island and they you, you've forgotten. That's it. You're there till you die. Yeah, yeah, that's it. There's no parole. There's no early release. You're on this island. And basically, they don't, the guards they don't really get involved in their lives. They literally run it as like this sort of colony. It's a colony, there. basically. Yeah, it's a colony. So you know, And if you do bad things, you get thrown into the cooler. Yeah. But as basically, a... it's like a wild... Yeah, yeah. It, I, I mean, it is a prison, and and the, the you know, there's quite a lot of freedom. But if you do do stuff wrong, you are locked in um, yeah. solitary so, confinement. So, so uh, during what during what time is this? Like, what time period is this set in? Um, this would be like the 19, I think, before the First World War. Yes, so, so around the you know around the 1920s, and and basically, Papillon was a jewel thief who oh, yeah. uh, was a, supposedly murdered his wife, um, and. It, but he obviously was saying he was innocent and, and everything. And also on the um, on uh, on the boat going over to Devil's Island, because obviously he's been convicted. And on the boat going over to Devil's Island, you've got the you've got the the this other character played by in the original was played by Dustin Hoffman, mm. and and in this film it's played by um, oh, what's his. Who's the guy? Malik, Malik, Malik. No, Charlie Hunnam's playing Malik. Papillon, but Rami Malik is playing. Yeah. Playing. Um, uh, just shows you I can't remember. <laughs> so uh, I, I can't. It'll come to me in a minute. Um, but what the, so, yeah. the tiny weedy guy. Yeah, yeah, the tiny weedy guy. But he's he's like a, an accountant, and he's um, he's he's really rich, and he manages to hide money away somewhere. So. Basically, he becomes like a, uh, you know, obviously some of the criminals are after his money. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Louis Dager. Louis Dager. Thank you. I should have known that. Louis Dager. And Papillon sort of protects him and takes him under, under his wing. And then Papillon wants to escape, so he keeps coming up with all these ideas to escape. And he ends up getting chucked in solitary confinement. Yeah. Where, and and I mean, basically, he's put in solitary, he's going to die, but uh, Louis Dager manages to get sort of coconut sent to him which which was the same as in the original so he actually survives and then when he's free and he comes out and it gets into the story but all the time he's trying to escape he's thinking up to ideas to escape and there's a lot of a lot of sort of interaction between it now now this film 
they sort of took elements from the original from the original movie, the, the Steve McQueen movie, they, they took elements like obviously the solitary confinement and some of the other stuff that went on, but they, they, they tried to put a different, different, uh, different take on it. Cause there's one scene where he's in solitary. And I don't know if you remember in the film, they say they have to put their head through a little hole like that. And the guards come up and put a, put like a stick under their chin. Mm. So they got their head stuck and they put their, well, I thought, oh, they're going to do it the same, but they didn't do that. They did it a slightly different way, they said. So basically, as you can tell probably from my voice, that, that, that um, I was, and I don't like Charlie Hannon much anyway. Was he in Lost <laughs> City of Z? Was he in he Lost was. City of Z? He, yes, he Lost was. Lost City of Z, yeah. yeah. And yeah. what else has he been? He's been in a few other things. Sons of like, Anarchy. Has he? King I don't Arthur. know. I haven't seen that. He was, was he in King Arthur? Yeah. He was in Triple Frontier. Triple Frontier. Oh, yeah, I saw him in Triple Frontier because I didn't mind Triple Frontier. Yeah, I think he reviewed that. Yeah. But... Um, He's not really. I'm not a major fan of his, and I think he's. He's probably was he in that. Oh, King Arthur was that. It was King one? Arthur. Yeah, King Arthur. Sorry, Legend of the Sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legend of the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Legend of the yeah. Soul with old David Beckham going up. But yeah. So not a major fan of Charlie Hunnam. I have to say, Hun Hunnam, or whatever you call him. So that probably put me off a little bit from the start. Oh. But I did watch the whole thing. Yeah. Because um, I was tempted not to. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, no. I just, I just have a question. So okay. Because I always wonder when you have a film that is like uh, an undoubted, sort of like bona fide classic that everybody talks about. Like, like even if you haven't watched it, you know about the film Papillon, like me. I know who's in it, all yeah. that kind of stuff. I always wonder why do you go make a remake? What is the point I know, of making I know. a remake? What is the point when of it all about? You have that film there already. So unless it's like, oh, now we have better technology that can show something better, or there's like you know some there's some a resonance with what's going on in the world today or anything like that. I always wonder why do you, why make it again? Uh, there has to be a really, really good reason for you to make it again. And I'm guessing that from what you're saying, Sean, you don't really think that there was a good reason for them to make this again. No, maybe, maybe for people, you know, like of a younger generation, perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps would they, they, who, who, who would never see, who would never seen the original Papillon. Mm-hmm. But hopefully if they do see this, it might make them go and watch the original to, to contrast and compare mm. because this is not a, not a patch on the original, not a patch. And, and I don't think that's me just being biased, you know, because I, I, I like the original so much. I just don't think it quite works. Yeah. You know, you haven't got the, you haven't got the, uh, what can I say? You just haven't got that. Well, there's something about Steve McQueen that has got that edge, hasn't he? Yeah. But what, got that what, what I think it is, it's again, we come down to this. We come down to the fact of interaction between, between actors and yeah. you know, the interaction and with Dustin Hoffman and Steve McQueen, it worked. It really, really worked. That, 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 that friendship, that companionship, that relationship worked really, really well in the original Papillon. In this, it doesn't quite have that. They don't seem, they don't, I don't know, they just don't seem to be hmm. that close. Should we say that close? No. Yeah. Um, that, that there, there wasn't that screen relationship. Chemistry. Yeah, there wasn't the chemistry between, uh, thank you, Chad. There wasn't the chemistry between the, the two guys as there was in the original one for mm. me. And I mean, I don't know if that's I'm being biased about Charlie Hunnam because he's like the, he's like the latest thing, isn't he? But that was my, that was what really, really did it for me. And towards the end, in the end scene in the original, you know, when they're sort of really old, they become really old and it just, you know, I have to say for that Malik, he just didn't cut the mustard really. Um, so, you know, yeah. So, so, Shall we say it was a disappointment? And I don't think it's a disappointment just that I, I'm being precious about the original. I mean, that's a genuine 
observation with this one is that the the, the chemistry wasn't there between the actors. So so I can only give this. Uh, uh, I'm only going to give this. I mean, I'll give it a three star because uh, perhaps there was some bias in that. I don't think there was. I did try to look at this, you know, independently and because it, yes, it's, it's what good, it was. Yeah. It's a good story anyway. Yeah, it's a good story. It's a good story, but okay. it wasn't quite. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So yeah. So three star on that one. All right. Three stars, and that's it. So all that's really left now is to say who has won this week. Right, so... Oh, I think it's going to be close. Do you? I don't. You think it's going to... Oh, 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 Sean, what do you reckon? I reckon Cinemars aced it this week. <laughs> and Sharon, you reckon it's going to be <laughs> close? Yeah, because I thought of the, some of the Netflix have had a, a reasonable... They've had a four, Ooh, and okay. three. So I think there's fours and threes in both sides. So, but yeah, I don't know. Okay, all right, cool. All right, okay. We kick off. We kicked off with Jumanji: The Next Level versus In Like Flynn. Jumanji: The Next Level. I gave it three. Sean gave it four. Good gives us an average score of three point five. In Like Flynn got three, so we have three versus three point five. Then we have Honey Boy, which was given a resounding four by um, Sean, four. and um, resurf- Andy Murray resurfacing, which is given a resounding four by me. And then we had a beautiful day in the neighborhood, which was given a resounding four by Sharon. And we have Papillon, which was given a three by Sean. So for those of you who have been keeping track of that, I can do really, really quick mental arithmetic. The winner this week is Cinema. Cinema. By 0.5 of a star. Yeah. And and, I mean, I've I've been really good. It's been, I mean, I must... uh, considering there was like a, a real there wasn't hasn't been much that's really captured my imagination recently the past couple of weeks it's there's been some really really good stuff and hopefully next week i'll get to finish my what i've been watching and uh give that a review oh, if i get some television time i'll try to watch something yeah so oh. see if you did you say if you get amazon prime just i really good just have watch a couple of episodes of pennyworth no that's on stars isn't it you have oh, to pay stars. extra for stars all oh, right Oh, all okay. right, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm I'm just gonna go and watch everything that Adam Driver's in next week. So, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Until that time, it's a goodbye from me. It's okay. a goodbye from me, and it's a goodbye from me. We will see you guys next week when it shall be the Adam Driver love it. Good night, <laughs> <laughs> night see guys. Ya. See ya.